Ugh, I love that game. Is my headache from dehydration, hunger, or because I haven't seen the sun in three damn days? Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Girls Talk Comics. Today we're doing something a little different. This is your girl, Lieutenant of Literature, Jessica! Woo-woo! And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Erin, Master of Mediocrity. Totally tabbed. (laughs) What are we doing today, Erin? All right. So today's going to be kind of a new thing. So we're going to give this a shot, see how well this goes. Uh, We had mentioned wanting to work on more creator-specific episodes. and. Today is one of those. I wanted to talk about Fiona Staples. Saga has been a really huge hit. So I wanted to kind of chat about it, chat about her, see what I could find about her. So as a nerd and somebody who spent far too many years in school, I really love researching things. And so I was really excited (laughs) about the idea of researching comic creators. And then I found out that there's just not like... I I love comic creators dearly, but unless you've done something bad, there is no Dostoevsky level of of comic creator. (laughs) Like, I think um, there are a few that are, you know, kind of towards that level of celebrity, but um, no one has done extensive documentaries or biographies on uh, a lot. There are definitely some of the older ones who have been very influential and made a really big mark, but even... Long story short, it's hard. But, so, Fiona Staples, I did find a few things about her. And would you like to know a few things? I would love to. That's the whole reason I'm here. Excellent. And it that's true. We're not getting paid for this. It's fine. I actually really <laughs> love it. Fiona Staples is an illustrator, a penciler, an inker, a colorist, and a graphic artist. Essentially, she's a woman of many talents. She should be, since she went to the Alberta College of Art and Design. She's from Calgary, Canada, just kind of putting that in as an awkward side note, and that's probably why she went to school in Alberta. Her style is very much into digital art and vibrant colors, which she has won several Eisner, Harvey Awards, Hugo, and British Fantasy Awards, so she's very well recognized for this work. Breakthrough work was Saga with Brian K. Vaughn, but that wasn't her first published piece. That was Amphibious Nightmare, or so I found it was Amphibious Nightmare, and it was from a 24-hour comic in the About Comics Anthology 24-Hour Comics Day Highlights in 2005. I tried to do a quick Google search for that, and it didn't work. Um, she's done work on a lot of other things. She worked with on Mystery Society, Hawksmore, North 40, Aliens, Fire and Stone, some Secret Lair Magic the Gathering cards for 2021, which I asked one of my Magic the Gathering friends what the heck that meant. And it's pretty much just a special printing of cards, like special editions. She's done work on Archie, Jonah Heck, and Thunder Agents. So she has a pretty you know, extensive work history at this point. Her longest, I think, being Saga. I also found out Saga was really exciting for her because she was a fan of Brian K. Vaughn's other work, Why the Last Man. So she finally got to work with somebody she was a fan of. And Saga, I think, was also her first long form comic. So it really, you know, like opened a door for her 
and with somebody she was a fan of. That is so cool. Like, I'm so proud of her for that. That is really sweet. That is really sweet. Like, aw. Like, you guys love that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I hope it was, like, I hope it was really exciting and not one of those, like, don't meet your heroes things. But I would imagine that if it was bad, they wouldn't have gotten as far into Saga as they did before they took that hiatus. Fingers crossed it's coming back soon, because at the time of this recording, it hasn't. Rumor has it 2021 is supposed to be the year of Saga's return, but, you know, it's uh, early January when we're recording this. It's not when the episode's getting dropped, but, so it could change, but right now, nothing. That's okay. So prior to drawing Saga, she's really mostly just drawn stuff for herself. Saga is a work that she's drawing with the team, which definitely kind of changes, I think, how an artist does stuff because it's it's now outside contribution, outside input, and outside influence on the work that you're producing. I am somebody who just doodles. I sketch. So I can't call myself an artist because I don't do well with other people's input. When other people give me directions, I flounder. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't even draw a triangle at that point. So her being able to produce such a beautiful work with so many other influences and every artist who does that, it's just huge kudos to you all. I did look up a little things. So Saga is really great for her. It allows her uh, to continue creating, but she doesn't get Board. Saga really allows her to flex her creativity and do a lot of research when it comes to um, how would designs be modified for non-humanoids, for hu- other humanoids with like other animal bits like wings or horns, um, and really kind of explore how things would exist in different universes, which I thought was really, really cool. I'm just like super impressed that this is her first long form novel because like I mean graphic novel because like her her freaking style is so just like distinct like she's just so set you know like she it seems very much like I don't know like I feel like she's been drawing this way forever like how did I mean <laughs> you know it's kind of weird to think about this being like one of her first major major like long form this is how we're doing this like for the next five to oh shit, how many years has Saga been going on? You know, like yeah. I don't know, like it kind of blew my mind a little bit there that she had like only a few shorter jobs before this because it's so. I mean, like her cheekbones, like her just just ways that she draws are very distinct. I don't, I would have never guessed. Like I'm just oh yeah, <laughs> she came out swinging. Got me a little flabbergasted. Yeah. She's like, I'm here and I'm gonna kick ass. yeah which has been great like as a reader of saga yeah no that's it's i she definitely earned this work and definitely earned this opportunity and i'm so glad that she was given it um either by image or brian kavon i i'm not sure who connected them i think i thought i saw something that brian reached out but um I don't know how that works. I think there's a lot of you have work history with people or you get you have like a friend of a friend or, you know, you get on Twitter. But I don't think Fiona is on Twitter. So, (laughs) like, who knows? (laughs) And it's certain Twitter wasn't really, I think, as popular whenever 
uh, saga got started. Yeah. Was there a time before Twitter? <laughs> That's a Sorry. really good question. Um, <laughs> no. I have no idea when Twitter got started. I remember when Facebook got started because I was in high school and all of my friends and stuff, we were like really excited about the fact that we could get access to Facebook without being in college. So Facebook maybe started before high school for me. Totally dating ourselves. It's fine. The importance of who follows who and who friended who and Facebook official. Ugh. Oh, God, Facebook official. <laughs> oh, no. I've been in a relationship for seven years now, and they don't know that he exists on my Facebook, and that's how I like it. I have my relationship yeah. status hidden, and it's yeah, so hilarious because I keep getting ads and messages for, like, are you looking for singles like you? <laughs> yeah. It's no. like, no, sorry. <laughs> wrong tree. I just think that's Dog so meat wrong funny. Tree. Right. It's just so <laughs> freaking funny when I get like, hey, you're single. Here's a dating app. And I'm like, I know a lot of those get spammed to a lot of people, but specifically like on Facebook, which is supposed to cater to your identity. It's just so fucking funny. <sighs> yeah, to have them not it's know. Great. It's pretty great. A big aspect of your yeah. life. Yeah. Pardon my anyway, time. Sorry. So. <laughs> yeah. No, you're yeah. good. Let's talk a little bit more about Fiona. So um, one of the things that I thought was really cool about her interviews um, was specifically about the research she does for the character design and the world design. Um, Because there is a lot in Saga that, like, she has to take into account. People have horns. People have wings. There's a computer head species. You know, there's a whale species, like a seal species. You know, just this variety of alien life that exists. And how would clothing look or seats look or spaceships look? And I thought that was – or in sometimes sex. Like, <laughs> and I thought that it's kind of, of hypothetical – <laughs> Yeah, right? Uh, and I thought that was kind of kind of a cool thing for her to talk about. Is like, what creatively would it look like? Um, she did mention that she might not get to do a lot of influence on the writing, but she does get a lot of freedom to um, influence and control the creative, the, the uh, visual side of that. And I thought that was really great. Um, so you know it's her doing that research and that building and that developing. Um, and I like what she came up with. And, you know, I flipped through Saga after reading through uh, reading through her stuff and researching. And I saw, like, the helmet that she gives, is it Marco? Um, or his family where it, like, flares up so it can fit around the horns on. And, you know, I was just thinking about the tree ship. And it was just such a cool way of looking at space and all of the little details and I never would have thought of that I would have just drawn something um that fit the aesthetic of the character but her actually looking at it as kind of a practicality side like how yeah. would having wings influence clothing design I was like oh that that's a cool way look it's just a different way where I would have looked like the clothing looks cool you know <laughs> like it's just I thought yeah. that was kind of a cool insight to her creative process um, and important thing to know. 
about it as well. So also like the way that she like hides, you know, like the just the little bits on the characters that have a purpose, you know, like like the the main character, one of the main characters in Saga, the sort of like shoulder pad looking things that she has like she's naked quite a bit and um (laughs) like how that's sort of like how she tucks in her wings i i don't know like i think it you know i was the first time i read this about how great and sweeping the sort of world building was in such a condensed way and a lot of that does play on the visuals and honestly like honestly most of it plays on the visuals so i'm just like why is it so hard to talk about artists? Like, it's easy to talk about, about, like, comics and themselves, but whenever you're talking about a style of art, it seems like it's a vocabulary I don't have a lot of words for. I'm kind of struggling a little bit, but it seems yeah, like... Yeah, I was going to say we're academics, and so our yeah. education has been mostly in words. Uh, for example, I'm a social worker, and I learned Russian, and you, I think, were in literature? Uh, linguistics. And I learned Arabic, so yeah. None of that's really an art focus. So we've had a very word-focused framing, and so now we're like, how do we talk about pictures? (laughs) Like, I have no idea. Um, Some of these scary-ass, like, monsters she created are pretty intense, but, like, how do you encompass this in a word on audio? Right. And I think it's also kind of an interesting thing, because, like, there are so many different ways to do art and to to present it and reading a lot of different comics i've seen artists use art in very different ways there's like i i think i've done it as like or very kind of metaphorical um cinematography kind of feel and hers just kind of has this sweeping world feel like it's instead of the backdrops being um devoid of subject matter or like there's a touch of familiarity and newness to it because it is sci-fi and fantasy and um it just it feels i want to say balanced like everything is well thought out and justified in its existence and i don't know how to say that besides saying well thought out and justified like it just looks natural (laughs) for it being a (laughs) sci-fi unfamiliar world like i don't know how to I don't know how to say that besides how I said it. So there you go. I'm a word person trying to talk in art and it's not, it's hard. But you said, you said cinematic and I gotta tell you, like I'm, I'm holding the first volume of Saga right now and looking on the back, it's like the best movie poster ever. Like she, she really does, like she uses colors and Mm -hmm. the way that she draws faces and you know, like, even the way that she draws the little aliens and stuff, like, like the, like the more alien. How about that? How about I say that that way? The, the more alien of the species, mm-hmm. like the very, I don't know. I, I like to talk about, okay, so it doesn't look like an average comic book. Like it doesn't look like one of your big two superhero comic books, right? But it also does kind of more so than some of the other things that we've done, like, um, mooncakes or, you know, like, are you listening yeah Yeah. it it feels like i don't know it feels like a way that like of course people have drawn this way (laughs) it feels very natural it feels like yeah this is of course how you draw humans and uh these species and these monsters it feels like 
It feels like, and of course, I don't. And you know what? It, it does remind when me. When I look of, at it, yeah, like exactly, yeah, and it does remind me a little bit of Hawkeye, the first run of Hawkeye that I, um, that I read, which is the Fraction run, Fraction and Ham, and okay. where it does have a little bit of a sketchy feel to it, but it doesn't like emphasize the sketchy in, in like an over dramatic way. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like the like way the line work is done kind of feels like a sketch of a human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels a little bit like art school, but like, right. But like in a con of that. So I don't know. Like I, it, it's, it's what you fall in love with when well, you read Well, they have to Saga, keep it simple. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the story so is, the story is good, right? Like that's half of it. But a lot of what you fall in love with, with when you read comic books is the, the visuals and you know like unfortunately that seems to be the ones that people talk about the least <laughs> and when they're talking about comic books and this is also a little bit of a divergence for us because we don't really i mean like maybe maybe weirdly but we don't really focus on creators that much like when we are doing our our spiels like we really are much more analytical about story arcs and representation and it's hard to like talk about these creators as you know like people because like you said like I don't know it doesn't seem like there's a lot out there and and isn't that great though like if you think about it isn't that amazing that you can be a huge bill paying member of an artistic job right like you are a star that people talk about but they don't know who you are and you have that ability to keep yourself away mm-hmm. from sort of that gross public eye that, you know, like other people's like movie artists or, you know, like famous art world sweepers don't necessarily get, you know, people who are out there in the public eye don't get like to do. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it feels it feels like the world of creators in this particular way is very very near and far at the same time. Like, because they are so faceless in some ways, they no, are, definitely. like, unattainable and unacceptable. But they're also, like, they're very human whenever you, like, meet them at conventions and stuff. Which is, I think, why comic conventions are so popular and were sort of, like, the thing that, out of all of the types of conventions, because there are so many different kinds of conventions, the thing that everyone knows about when they think about conventions is they think about Comic-Con. You know, but it's also why when bad things happen in the comic community, so many ripples come from it. Uh, the comic community, though it is not, you're not, you're not going to recognize a comic author with the same frequency as you might recognize an actor or a musician, or like a popular singer. But they are, since they are more accessible, they are easier to critique and to hate and to attack. Oh. Um, which some of it is deserved. I, I say that loosely in the sense of like, if you're a predator, you're a predator. Um, yeah. You should be treated as such. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, if I, I think there is a fragility with that of if you do something wrong or if one person like critique can get really out of hand um and really personal really quick i'm not saying whether or not it's valid or anything like that but i don't imagine that 
actors are as accessible as comic writers. And some of that is the nature of their work, the amount of money that they make, uh, the longevity of that money. Um, how many, yeah. It, so it's like, it's amazing that you can get autographs if you go to a con um, that are a lot cheaper than trying to get photographs with an actor. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a little, I think, intimidating because any kind of personhood around that can be easily lost because they are an accessible producer of a commodity. And I think yeah. a lot of people get associated with the commodity, they pr- the product they produce rather than who they are as a person. And, you know, Fiona doing really, really great work and drawing these stories doesn't like, I think she should be respected and treated like a professional because, you know, she's doing this work, but there's no way I'm going to read this and be like, I have to meet her at a con and she's my best friend. But that's, that's like a totally different thing. (laughs) Um, You know, she's just a professional doing her thing. But, uh, and I like the fact that she's actually not on social media or like really easy to find because it at least allows her to be anonymous and private might recognize her at a con because I looked at her photo and I looked at her in some videos, but I do like that she's, you know, just doing her thing, producing work. I don't need to be able to access her. (laughs) Like, that's fine. No. Yeah. I don't know. I I think so. I think so too. And, and, you know, like I, I've read a lot of the saga. I haven't read all of the saga because like, you know, like it's been, being released as I, you know, after I started reading it, and I'm a little bit like a goldfish when it comes to attention because if it takes more than like a month, for, immediate gratification has always been my downfall. Like, so if I start a series that isn't completed yet, okay. I will forget about it, and then later I'll find it and I'll be like, oh crap! Like for instance, I'm reading a book right now that I read the first book in junior high and then never heard of the seven other novels that came out in the same series after. <laughs> so now I'm going back and rereading them. But, uh, <laughs> and I think it's a little bit, nice. this is going to be a different muscle stretch because, you know, like it's hard to really get engaged with that aspect of fandom for me as a woman, because it has always been mm-hmm. an gated community in a lot of ways like I don't think it's as bad as it was when I was in college but like I don't know I have that knee-jerk reaction of I don't want to be involved with that because then I will be on display as a woman and all of the things that come with it and judgments that come with it when if I'm just reading mm-hmm. at home I don't have to listen to it and I don't have to deal with it and I can just enjoy the books I enjoy and um, <laughs> so so I, I kind of lost but- a lot of that the cult of creators, you know, like the people, the big names, you yeah. know, that, that, that and the yeah. society around it. It's really hard for me to engage with. Um, I don't think I'm the only one who has this feeling, but I think that there are people you worthy are of being engaged with that should be accessed by people like me, you know, because right, those are the stories I'm interested in. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to pawn over the creator of the boys, whatever his name was. <laughs> but I can sure fought over Fiona Staples and, you know, in the same way Brian came on or 
like the one that I follow around, anything that her name is on, I read it. She did pretty, uh, pretty deadly. Kelly Sue DeConnick is like the closest I have to having a name that I follow oh. around. So, like, in that way, <laughs> I think that I'm really going to enjoy this because it'll give me a face and a name to follow around a little bit more and maybe help me target stuff that is more to my tastes. You know, it's a service we're putting out there for yeah. the world for people who like the stuff that we've read. You know, hey, here's a person and here's what they've done. So, But kind of on that note, I think... Fiona also agrees with you in not gatekeeping it anymore. Um, she mentioned at one point that when her series first started, about 40% of the readership, to their knowledge, was women. And a lot of them were first-time comic readers. So Saga, um, whatever about it, it could be um, Brian's story, but I think comics are sold on the art. So Fiona's art made it more accessible. The story as well, obviously, like it's a communal work, but Fiona definitely should take some responsibility for creating or representing a series that got new readers in. Uh, She actually, in one of her interviews, she mentioned that mainstream comics, so the big two, are actually pretty niche comics because superhero is a pretty niche genre it is a specific genre not every comic book is for that and so she might be writing a niche comic um sci-fi fantasy kind of comic but it's still important because it's going to be reaching a greater audience and a wider audience like it did i mean bringing in first-time women readers that's amazing like break that boy club down fiona proud of you yeah like, thank you for yeah. doing that. Also, Brian K. Vaughn, thank you. But, like, this is about Fiona. So, yeah, Fiona. thanks, Fiona. Fiona. Um, Fiona. Also, shout out Fiona. to Fiona. having a badass name, Fiona Staples. I like verb names. It makes me happy. Like, I'm, my last name's boring and sad and easily made fun of. Uh, so, it was probably terrible having an, a verb name. And people who have verb names probably don't like it. But. I really enjoy it, and I totally. I mean, her name is very dynamic. Like, yeah, you have a verb for a name. You have an action name. Yes, agreed. Thank you. This is a weird thought that I have. Action packed. (laughs) (laughs) I love love verb names. No, it's there. I've said it. (laughs) Admitting problems is the first step. Now, I'm so. (laughs) <laughs> but no, that's that's a little bit about Fiona and I guess our tangent thoughts. It will be fun to talk about creators a little bit more, and I think it'll be great that we talk about artists a little bit more uh, just because we don't. You know, when we talk about stories and we talk about the narrative, it is, of course, the author. Um, but I have seen many a person put down a bad or put down a great story because of bad art. Or pick up a bad story because of great art. So artists should be talked about. And credit yeah. where credit is due. And, you know, I will throw a letterer or a colorist in here as well. Because they're all important members of the team. And letterers are the reason that you can read a book. And artists are the reason you can follow the story. I'm going to yeah. step off my soapbox. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, I think it's really funny. It's one of my favorite things when you have collected editions and at the end of it, they kind of talk about their creative process, like how they work together as an artist and as a comics writer. I think a lot of people who are like me buy a lot of collected editions, so they see a lot of that. So I'm wondering if maybe people will be paying a lot more attention to those aspects of comics, because I know uh, probably one of the first collected editions I got that did this was my Hawkeye edition where they spent, it was a hardback because I'm bougie and I wanted it real bad. <laughs> and, so they, uh, and so at the end of it, they did like a whole presentation of like how that artist used color in such a dynamic way to change scenes and set tones. And I noticed a little bit of that in Zaga when I was flipping through it, trying to look exclusively at the art. And I am like, excited to start talking about more of that i just have to like figure out how to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) it's okay we tried with this and uh we'll figure it out figure it out it'll be fine yeah it'll be fine fine. fine. oh another random little fiona fact she loves goblins that might be a little bit more than what i mean fair point uh Or, like, she really is fascinated by goblins. Anyway, I just thought that was really cool. I was like, hell yeah. Goblins are a good monster. So Yeah, they are. Heck yeah, they are. Actually, they were one of my favorite monsters growing up because of the Black Cauldron. You remember that? Like, old Disney-ish style. Mm. Mm They stomped on the goblins' feet. Like, those were... Yeah, that's some good shit. Like, those are the best. Also, they're kind of like a low... Like, they're threatening, but they're sort of like a low... I don't know, we've talked about this before, where it's good when the monsters match the protagonists, like, when adolescents go against a pretty, like, toothless monster that are still annoying and bad, so yep. it's sort of like just kids beating that is a goblin. And, the, and then, <laughs> yeah, like, goblins yep. are good for that. Goblins really, are super low CR. Uh, did she, has she done anything since? Yeah, she did Archie, the kind of edgier Archie. Um, that I think was like 2014, 15, which that was also exciting for her because she read Archie as a kid. So good for her. Good for her. I could totally see that. Because she's got just a distinct type of way that she does. Like she's got her own artistic blueprint, you know? Like I could, mm-hmm. I could see that. And she's a Hugo winner. Yeah. Yeah. For Saga. I mean, that's why we were talking about Saga so much. I think it's really exciting whenever you get those fan awards. I know there's something in, like, every single award that you can look at has its inherent problems. But um, if I was doing something, fan awards would mean a lot to me. Probably more so than, like, bestsellers list, because so much of that is political with the... Mm. All of it's political, but you know, like besides the money part that comes with bestsellers list, uh, fan recognition I think would be very important in whatever field you're in. Like, word of mouth is very important for comics. Yeah, and I think that's why I think the community is special in person, but kind of toxic online. How about that? Like, I feel the energy of a comic convention or of a convention period and it feels very exciting still even if i know that it can get bad so fast but yeah yeah but no i have run out that was a little bit about fiona staples i have run out of fiona facts um we really liked her art and i'm really just 
excited about her perspective and how she decided to design things and research. Um, and I think that's just really, really cool from someone who's outside of the industry. I like it. I also like the song. That's a good song. We should keep that song. Should we? So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for being here because, like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm too strong. I'm like, how do we end things? I forgot how we end things every time. I'm like, oh shit, how does this go? Tina, how we end it? Thank you for being here today. Bye. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of my headache is tension related because sometimes I'll like pull my shoulders down to where they're supposed to be, and everything hurts, and then I feel like an old person. Old person. Yeah. Yeah. So, behind the curtain, when if you're recording, please sit comfortably and safely before sitting down, because I was sitting on my foot and regret that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh.